Well, it is good to see you today in the Lord's house. It's good to have our praise team. They all took off on vacation, and we're glad to have them back. I want you today to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 24, and I'm going to read one verse, and then we will go back to Matthew 24 a little later. In Matthew 24, verse 44, and by the way, all of these words are the words of Jesus about the end time, and we'll be dealing with that today. These are the words of Jesus in verse 44. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. And then we go over to 2 Timothy And Paul is writing to his young protege, Timothy, and he is saying, Timothy, you need to pay attention because what I am talking about is critically important. And beginning in verse 1 of chapter 3, the Holy Spirit said through the Apostle Paul, but mark this, There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then he says this, which is important to understanding what he's talking about, having a form of godliness but denying the power, having nothing to do with them. It was the American humorist who we all know was Will Rogers said, we are all ignorant about some things, just ignorant about different things. And I uh, might have a little bit more knowledge about the Bible than some of you, but I know virtually nothing about what you do in terms if you were a mechanic. The only thing I know about mechanics is that I don't know anything about mechanics. If you're a plumber, I do know how to turn the faucet off, but that is about all I do know. So we're all ignorant about some things, and the reason I begin that way is because we are living in a day when either we are ignorant of or disinterested in what the Bible has to say about the last days. as a student many, many years ago, heard Billy Graham say that the second coming of Jesus Christ is mentioned over 300 times somewhere, somehow, and in some manner in the New Testament. And so today, in our day, we are living in a day when we have are so focused on me and now and mine that we have little interest and a lot of ignorance of what the Bible says about what we would call 
the end time. Now, you know, and without me saying it, but I will say it, that we are living in a time of rapid change. In the last 25 years, uh, we have changed both socially and legally the definition of what a family was. When I started preaching some 60 years ago, no one ever questioned that a family was a man and a woman and with the blessings of God, children. That is no longer the legal definition even of a family. And recently I heard a lady who is uh, in charge of something in our government, and she was asked the question, define for me what a male is. And she would not define what a male is. Define for me what a female is, and she could not or would not tell us what she thought a female. I make that point to say that we're living in a time that not only have we begun to question and redefine the home, but we are now in such a fluid, unreasonable time that we won't even define what a male is and a female. Now, folks, if that gets embedded in our legal system, we're going to be in deep trouble. In fact, I think we probably already are And so we're living in a time of of rapid change. We went through COVID-19, and I am being told that when people had to stay home, now those people who work and make salaries don't want to go to work. They want to stay in their home and, I guess, wear pajamas all day long. Folks, I don't know about you. I'm tired of going to the grocery store and seeing people wearing their pajamas. I mean, it's crazy. We're living in a time of rapid change. Businesses have been affected. And we are living in a day when even the very basic scientific community is being questioned because there was so much this and that about COVID-19. And now I was, uh, my wife and I, we have been vaccinated and we have been boosted and reboosted and boosted again, thanks to our daughter. But a lot of times we just don't seem to have our feet on the ground about a lot of things, but we're living in a day when things have rapidly changed in 10 or 15 years. But I want to make this. Two things I know are true. First of all, I still believe with all the change, with all the redefinitions of those core issues that defined what a society is, like the family and home and children and parents and the respective responsibilities of parents. I still believe that God is sovereign. He is still working out His plan. And ultimately, God will be glorified even as days get more difficult than they are now. Secondly, I believe that one day Jesus is coming again. Now, you don't hear that preach much anymore. We, we're into preaching about things that relate to our emotions. We want to feel good about stuff, and we, we, we want to, to, to have our ears tickled. And I, I'm not depreciating preachers. There's a lot of great preachers, and I'm not a great preacher, 
But I do believe that one of the great themes of the New Testament is that one day Jesus is coming again. That's what he said in verse 24, I mean 44 of chapter 24. And so what Paul is doing here in this section, and I believe in order to understand, if you were to take your Bible and read Matthew 24 and read it and think about it and ruminate over it. There are 51 verses in Matthew 24. 49 of those verses are what we call red letter verses. Doesn't mean they're more inspired, but those are the words of Jesus. 49 verses out of 51 verses of Matthew 24. Jesus is talking about there will be a day when the Son of Man will come back to earth. Now, because that doesn't seem relevant to us today, we don't hear much preaching. And you say, well, preacher, people have been talking about that for hundreds of years. Yes, and I know that. But you remember the Bible says that a thousand years is like a day with the Lord. So that means the Lord could have spoken that on Friday and today's Sunday. So we need to be ready Because one day, according to what Jesus says, when you do not expect it, the Son of Man will come. And so today, for a few minutes, I want to talk about the second coming and use these two texts as a a foundation, a basis. First of all, Paul makes a declaration of this period before Jesus comes again. And in this text, he says, but mark this. He is saying to Timothy, now pay attention, Timothy. In your preaching, it is important that a part of the proclamation of the gospel should include the second coming of Jesus Christ. And he says there will be terrible times. Now, it's interesting that the word time here, now there are usually two Greek words, Uh, that are generally used in the New Testament for time. One is chronos, uh, the the watch that we have on. Technically, those are chronometers. They they measure time. They measure seconds, minutes, hours, and calendars measures weeks and months. Chronos time. That is not the word that you would think would be used here. The word here is kairos. Now, when... In the Greek, you have the word, and it's, it's not used like chronos is. But here he is saying, mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. See, he's laying the foundation of the way things will look before Jesus comes. And by the way, I've heard more preachers recently, and I think it's a good thing, say to me or say to other people or listen on the radio or TV, It seems like that we are living in the last days. Now, preacher said that 60 years ago. What I do know is the coming of Christ is nearer today than it ever has been, right? Therefore, I think that we should not be ignorant. We're all ignorant about some things, but different things. But we who are the people of God, the people who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ we should hold as a high priority that one day Jesus is coming again. 
Therefore, Paul is saying, mark it down for in the last days, in this, and the word kairos has the idea that this is a significant time. You have had chronos days in your life. When you got married, that was a good chronos day. You remember that. Uh, a chronos day can be good or bad. We remember Pearl Harbor. We remember 9-11 uh, so the, the word here means that the time has special significance. And Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, uh, these special times will be marked by things that are terrible. And by the way, the, the, the word terrible really is a unique word. I think it's used one other time in the New Testament. And your translation probably says difficult time. But it has the idea, it's used when the Lord met a demoniac man and, and, and it was uh, intensely terrifying. So Paul is saying before Christ comes, the days will usher in terrifying times. And when I think of the day in which we live, when, when the very fabric of our, of our society is being eroded by redefinition, folks, a good society, whether it's Christian or non-Christian, is predicated upon a solid family. And when there is not that basic building block of society, Ultimately, the society will fail. And now in the inimitable wisdom of people in high places, we have changed the definition of what a family is. We are living in terrifying times when you cannot even say what a male is or a female is. I'm not really smart. I've never been the sharpest knife in the drawer. But I know the difference between a male and a female. And for this cause, we're told way back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. In the Old Testament, in the second chapter, at the beginning, God defined what a family was. Why? Because the family is important. Now we're trifling with it and redefining it, terrifying times. And so Paul is saying here, we must understand that before our Lord comes, terrifying times will take place. This week I um, turned in my Bible to Matthew 24. And of course I've read it many times, but I... I sat down and read it slowly and deliberately and meditatively twice. And, and, and the whole chapter grew out of the question that one of the disciples said, Tell us, Lord, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? He directed it to our Lord, who was here in the flesh, he said, tell us, Lord, what will be the sign of your coming? And then let me read 
just beginning with verse 42. These are the words of Jesus. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. And so when I read through that, I wrote down some things that seemed to emanate from this chapter, some truths that I believe are basic to, to the coming of Jesus Christ. First of all, I wrote down that in this chapter, Jesus says, don't be deceived because many will come claiming to be Christ, but do not, do not pay attention to those who are false Christ. So in the last days, and you, and you remember David Koresh and, and Jim Jones and all of those people who, who were leaders and people worshipped them. They are in the last days, people will come claiming to be Christ, but they will not be. And Jesus says, don't be deceived by that. And then, then I wrote down, secondly, that nations will rise against nation. He's talking about the war. I went through my mind, in, in my lifetime, how many wars have there been? And folks, a lot of time, wars are going on, particularly in the African continent, and, and you don't even report it because it's happening all the time. And we have a war in Ukraine, and I hope you have in your prayer notebook to pray uh, for the people of Ukraine and to pray for somehow that wisdom would prevail. We're living in a time of war and rumors of war. And, and just yesterday, they looked like they were going to try to overthrow throw Putin. I kind of wish that had happened. But anyway, the point is, Jesus said their nation will rise against nation. And then he mentions famines and earthquakes. And then he said, believers will be persecuted because of me. Believers in the last day, Jesus said, will be persecuted. I had this young doctor in our church. We had like 10 doctors, and this young man loved the Lord. And uh, his, wife, um, his wife got cancer and, and died. But before she died, she called me one day, and she said, Pastor, why, why do we not at Franken Heights recognize a Sunday for the persecuted church? And you know, to be honest with you, I, I never, never had thought much about it. And, and she began to tell me some statistics. And what she told me, I have verified in research that every year all over the world, a quarter of a million people die because they're followers of Jesus Christ. Did you know right now in places in Africa, Christians are being targeted and killed because they are followers of Jesus Christ. I have a young family who are missionaries in Uganda, and it's dangerous there to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And What I'm trying to say to you is that in America we can come and Worship, and I thank God for that. I, 
I'm grateful that we live in a land where we can choose to be a follower of Jesus Christ or we can choose not to be. But we do at least have that freedom now. And then he says, there will be an increase in lawlessness. And, 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 I, and, and by the way, what Jesus said in Matthew 24, Paul repeats in 2 Timothy chapter 3, lawlessness. Now, be honest with you. I, I, read a, I have a book. I, I read it and underlined it, and, and it looks kind of pitiful now. But I, uh, how many of you, don't raise your hand, but there, there's a great preacher out on the West Coast called David Jeremiah. Some of you have heard of him. I believe he's a Southern Baptist. But my point I'm trying to make, he wrote a book, and the title of the book was, is, I never thought I would see the day. Now, folks, I, I, I never thought I would see the day when people could just go into stores and steal stuff and nothing would happen to them. Do you remember what happened a couple of weeks ago? Uh, uh, somebody went into a Circle K. You know what a Circle K is? It's like a, a minute market. And, and the man was just going to walk out, and this 70 something-year-old woman said, you can't do that, and tried to stop the man from walking out. And you know what happened? They fired the woman. Folks, we're, we've lost our minds. I mean, you have to steal $1,000 now before the police or anybody will do anything. What, does that, what am I trying to say? We're living in a time of malignant, lawlessness we're living in a time when the rules don't count we're living in a time when it's left less safe in Roanoke than it used to be I don't know about Franklin County but folks these are the last days because there is that malignant lawlessness that is prevailing that we do not have to obey the law now the word lawlessness has a two-pronged meaning not only is talking about civil law, that is, you know, it, I'm not supposed to speed, I'm not supposed to steal things from the minute market, I'm not supposed to beat my wife, you know, those kinds of things. But it also is referring to the lawlessness against God's law. Not only man's law, but God's law. And so it's a dual application. And, and here the point is, that Jesus said, finally, he said, I will return when people do not expect me. And then he gives this, be on the alert. Be ready, be watching, be prepared. One day, according to Jesus and according to Paul, he will come again. He said, these will be perilous times. I must hurry on. I don't have... Yeah, there it is, my watch. Uh, he gives us a description of the people of those last days. And I, and I, and I read them to you, the, the people that will live in the last days. He said they will love money and they will be boastful and proud and abusive and disobedience to parent, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, without self-control, 
not lovers of good, but treacherous and rash and conceited and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then I told you to pay attention. He said, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Now, the reason I want to pause there is because that's not talking about what we would call unregenerate people. According to John MacArthur, who is one of the great commentaries of our commentators on Scripture in our day, he's still pastoring, is about 80 years old, lives in, in California, and he refers to this as those who are apostates, those who make a profession of following Christ. In the last days, there will be a segment of the church who will put on a good show. They will have a form of godliness. They will say the right things, but in actuality, they have turned from the faith. And you say, what does that have to do with us? A lot. And the reason I say that is because some of the preachers on TV that... uh, I mean, folks, they'll have 20,000 people to show up on a Sunday. And I, I, I don't want to get too personal here, so I'll use the initials. But Joel Olstein's leaving people to hell. I mean, all this stuff. I mean, he sounds good, and he look, he's so pretty. He looks like a woman. But he does not preach the gospel, folks. It is not about the blood of Jesus Christ. It is not about the cross. It is not about that we are sinners. I heard him myself. He was being interviewed, I think, by ABC. And the, and the person asked the question, Why do you never tell people they're sinners? And you know what he said? He said, no, I never do. He said, I think people know that they're sinners. Folks, according to the Bible, we think we're pretty good people. But we are sinners and we need the grace of God and the forgiveness of God and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And you cannot get to heaven unless you go through Calvary. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can, take, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let me close. I believe we're living in the last days. Now, I don't know when Jesus is going to come again. I'm not one of these who's going to set a date. But I know it's closer than it used to be. And I know there are things that fit this passage. There is a lawlessness that I thought I would never see. There is a redefinition of the building blocks of society that I thought I would never hear. When as a community of people, we cannot define what a man or a woman is. When you hear people talk about gender-affirming care, you know what that is? 
That's code's word for savage surgery on young kids who can't decide if they're a girl or a boy. That takes, that's maybe 1% of people who have those questions. And now they're allowing people who maybe are 20 years old decided they are a male and they let them compete with the ladies in swimming or whatever and they can even, listen, they can even use the ladies' locker room to dress. Folks, we're going crazy. And we need to bear, it was the great Martin Luther who said that we need, when the battle is the hottest, we need to take the word of God and apply it to the difficult times in which we live. That's what I'm trying to do. And so let me close by this. I don't know when Jesus will come. There may be a young preacher that will preach for another 50 years and he'll be preaching the same thing. But one day when we least expect it, Jesus is coming again. And so let me leave you with this. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. You soldiers of the cross, lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you today for your word. We ask you, Lord, that you would help us to believe that you're coming again. It may not, might be out of vogue or People might be disinterested or ignorant about it. But Lord, we believe that in the economy of our sovereign God, that one day his son will come. And Lord, we pray that we would be ready. Lord, help us to try to be soldiers of the cross. And I make this prayer in Christ's name. Amen.